Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. everybody, welcome to the session on the road. I'm your host, Justin Crosley, and with me still, I haven't gotten rid of him yet, is Beardy. Hi, Justin. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually pretty glad you're still here. Oh, really? So am I. <laughs> uh, I don't like doing shows without you anymore. So, Aww. yeah, I'm going to be I'm gonna be bummed when you go home. I guess I'm staying. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Bye, Kendi. That's why, that's why it's now uh, the Justin and the Beard Show. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, today, uh, well, first of all, thanks to our sponsor, More Beer. You can go to morebeer.com and check them out. They bring you this session and everything we do, whether we're in the studio or on the road. So thank you to my good friends over there, Chris Graham and Olin Schultz. We'll be seeing them at HomebrewCon um, next week. Oh, yeah. So we get to hang out with them and just want to thank them for supporting this show. And thank you listeners that donate and support and buy merch and all of that. We appreciate it very much. Today, uh, we're down at one of my, uh, well, it's one of my favorite breweries that I've never been to before last <laughs> night. Uh, we're down at Bagby Beer Company uh, with my friend Jeff Bagby. Jeff, thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for, thanks for coming by. No, I'm really yeah. stoked about it. So I've had your beer tons over the years, uh, but I've never been to your spot. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's actually, it's bigger than I thought. It's super nice. It's a perfect location. Thanks. Yeah, man. Congrats. You did well. Thank you. Thank you. How long have you been here now? We're almost to nine years. Okay. September will be nine years. Got it. And so, and we've talked to you before, but before your own, you were with Pizza Port for years. Is that right? Yeah, that was my last uh, position before here. Okay. Yes. Got uh, it. I was there for all told about 10 years, but I had some other jobs okay. as well in there. And my first was at Stone. All right. Um, started there in 97. And then... Um, did some quick work at White Labs, um, 
was uh, working with Tommy in Solana Beach back in the day. Okay. Pizza Port Solana. That was my first uh, Pizza Port job. Okay. And then I was also a head brewer at an OG's location. Oh, yeah. Uh, way back. And uh, while I was doing that, I was still working at Pizza Port right. <laughs> a little too. And then went full time back at Pizza Port. And that's when I was in Carlsbad. Okay. Um, kind of doing their brewery operate brew pub operations. You were sort of director of brewing operations for, for all of them. When right? I went yeah. back, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, that was also during like Pizza Port's reign of terror at the GABF, <laughs> right? You guys were killing it. Yeah, we 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 just really had uh, a really solid group of brewers, and uh, yeah, just a, a time we just everything was just firing. Yeah. Um, the beers we were making the. The way we were all working together um, at all the locations, and yeah, it was it was intense. <laughs> People still talk about that it time. Was, <laughs> so, so I was I would uh, I still stream the awards, and I was doing it back then too. Yeah. And I just remember going, oh yeah, there goes Jeff and his team. There goes Jeff and his team. Uh, it was it was really cool to see. Uh, I feel like I, I don't. GABF has changed a little bit, not in a bad way. Um, you know, some of the rules change and the, way, the the number of entries you can have and mm-hmm. points and all that. So mm-hmm. you don't quite see like one brewery dominate quite as much anymore. You might have ruined it for everybody, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> they had to change the rules the because rules. of you. Yeah. Well, there was also, I don't know how many thousands of more beers entered now. Yeah. And breweries entering. So for sure. Yeah. That, that, that has definitely changed the landscape of that competition. Yeah. Um, and continues to, I feel like. Sure, yeah. yeah. So uh, we're upstairs in the special events room at Bagby, and just listeners at home, you might hear a little car noise. It, like I said, this this location is beautiful. It's a couple blocks from the beach on one side. It's on the main thoroughfare on the other side. Um, he's got some light, airy spaces, a rooftop deck that's outside. Yeah, so, lots of indoor-outdoor spaces yep. that are really cool, especially since the weather's so nice. <laughs> get to be outside. Yeah. So Beardy and I were trying to figure you out last night we okay. stopped we stopped in for some right. some right. free yeah. beers yeah a surprise visit we were we were really examining your psyche uh okay. and, and i'll explain why um when when we got here beardy thought maybe you were a production brewery because your beer is so popular that he just kind of thought like oh yeah now we're going to like a big old brewery mm-hmm. but you're size wise you're just a brew pub yeah um you know production when we built the brewery here the whole idea was to have production ability, um, but unfortunately, it's never really been. We've never been really able to get that ball rolling on any kind of I see. major thing. So our our focus has been our number one account, which is here. Here, yeah. And in the beginning, we were selling you know a, a really large volume of beer over our own bars. Okay, yeah. So there wasn't a huge need for that. You know, come COVID and everything literally changing. Um, you know, that has slowed and changed and we haven't been able to, to really still gain that offsite, um, demand or that offsite uh, production. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I so would love to. Well, here, <laughs> then here's where we were wrong about you. Okay. Cause from what you're just, to me, you're just such a laid back guy. And my thought was you, when you left pizza port and kind of running all of those locations, you wanted a more laid-back, pared-down experience. So my interpretation to Beardy last night, I was like, I think he just wanted to chill with like a smaller operation. Yeah, but it's not quite that. No, and okay. my wife would be laughing if she heard what you just said. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I tend to go overboard sometimes, okay. uh, a lot of times, and try to do 
much more than I can realistically do. I've right. been caught in that <laughs> several times. Okay. I don't know if you saw our, our booth at Firestone, but what we put together for uh, the patrons there, you know, we roll in a draft, ta- a draft tower that has eight draft ta- panels yeah. on it and <laughs> yeah you know you it's bring all a rigged boot up pub. like it's all yeah it's all you know the towers are cooled with water ice water that's in the yeah. bath like it's a whole <laughs> big thing and you know some years my wife's like she just wanted you to hockey boxes I'm like <laughs> right no that wouldn't be right yeah wouldn't be us so you know that's part of what you see when you know a lot of my friends who knew me growing up even like back to college would come here and be like Oh yeah, this this is him. It's <laughs> okay. huge. It's overboard. It's right. you know all yeah. these things. But obviously, it's not just me. There's a whole lot of other hands in sure. in what made this what it is. So okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, how, we, how many beers are on tap right now? Um, well, they're dropping like flies. Oh. <laughs> but um, we we typically range in the high teens, the low twenties of wow. house beer. Um, we have uh, 41 spots, draft handles wow. at our main bar. Uh, we also have a patio bar that used to have, I'm um, talking used to being pre-COVID years, uh, we would have a, mu- a much larger guest draft list. Okay. And so we'd have a lot of specialty beers out there, a lot of six barrels, things like that, barrel-aged, rare, because it's a dire- just a short direct draw system. So it's, nice. okay. you know, we don't, we don't waste a whole lot. Um, but over covid time we were like okay let's let's focus a little bit more on our beer you know we don't make a cider so we'll put a cider on we don't make sour beer so we'll put someone's on some of the other holes that are glaring but instead of having a a guest list that was the other 20 beers or so that's pared down to you know five or six at the most most of the time um especially on our main tower um but yeah i i we carry a lot and some of that is the ability of what we have in the in the brew house and the way that the facility's set up, uh, tanks and uh, things like that. Sure. Um, so we can keg things off and then get that tank back, put something else in it. So even though we have X amount of fermenters, we have a whole lot of finished beer space. Got it. Um, we also, a lot of those um, beers that did drive that list up were a bunch of barrel beers that we had, um, even going back to 1819, um, that were filled back then. We started a big barrel, well, big for us, of about 40 to 50 barrels. Wow. And so then COVID hit, we still had a whole lot of it in barrels. So we just started emptying them, putting them in kegs and holding on to them. And then last year for our eighth anniversary, I think I put on 12 barrel-aged beers. Wow. Um, ranging from, you know, like I said, we don't do anything sour. So it's all straight-up beer. Okay. But ranging in alcohol from 45 5% on up to... 11 12 percent wow all different colors of rainbow all different kinds of styles and it was really fun yeah and uh those have been waning off as time's gone on um so our draft list shrinking shrinking <laughs> right um, and just production here like our 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 batch size versus our actual output get back to the production side of things you yeah. know we can make we can yield anywhere from 17 to 20 plus barrels mm. of usable drinkable beer mm-hmm. off of a single batch of beer um and so you know the volume at the bar while it's good for a lot of the styles isn't you know i'm not like i have an imperial red downstairs that i have i think 18 barrels of okay. you know where's that going anytime quick <laughs> right you know yeah so things like that um and that was the other thing for a long time we didn't brew anything over about seven and a half percent our strongest beer was our ipa that we were actually brewing and then we hit this this time where I had, we had, we were just full, 
full of all the beers, all the different styles that we make. Yeah. And it's time to go on vacation, we, though. Well, <laughs> yeah, but you want to make beer. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. So we started making big gravity. I think we made like five high gravity beers in a row. It was okay. hilarious. Nice. And then now we're paying for it because <laughs> all the little ones are yeah are falling off. Mm. But <laughs> um, but it was fun. It was I was like I haven't mashed in this big of a grain bill in a long time. And, right. You know, just you're still the main brewer here. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Still um, at the end of 2021, uh, my longtime uh, lead brewer uh, left. I knew he was going. We were still, in, yeah. he was at Firestone pouring with me this past weekend. Nice. He nice. moved up to the Oregon coast. Uh, he works for a brewery up there now. Um, just kind of a plan he and his wife had for years. And sure. it was time. And I think he gave me like a year's notice. Wow. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, Brandon Barkley, he he was awesome. So back then, he was he was somebody I could turn my back on and trust, and he did a lot of the brewing along with me. Yeah. Um, and so now, um, gave me the opportunity to get back in the brew house. So yeah, I make everything, transfer everything. Got it. Um, do all that. Awesome. I have a person who helps me, but sure. Um, he's not doing any of the brewing or anything. In okay. addition to just the the sheer volume of beers, the diversity was also real impressive and and. I would I, I would say not super common. Okay. <laughs> these days, I don't know. Yeah. At, least yeah. in the places, at least in the places I go, I'd yeah. say the most diverse we've uh, seen on this tour. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, English bitter, brown ale, Schwartz beer, yeah, I- IPAs of of a few different flavors, mm-hmm. um, and Belgians and everything. It was just yeah. That's fantastic. kind of all from the beginning has been our focus is in um, English, British, uh, Belgian. And German, mm-hmm. uh, with what I call maybe American classics. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so we always have something in, in, and hopefully more than one in each one of those kind of, yeah, it, uh, genres. I guess. Sure. <laughs> we wanted to know, and we, we saw that it won a medal. Um, what's the difference between the German Golden? Is that what it was called? And the and the, like a German and the Hellas. And Hellas. Yeah. Like, yeah so define the difference. Yeah. So. So that beer, Sweet Ride, is what you're talking about. Okay. Um, and how do you define the style? Did I have it right? German Golden something? Golden so lager. we're calling okay. it a Golden Lager. Okay. Um, the ingredients are German, so it, it went into that. I'd call it maybe like, because there are some some German beers that are golden that aren't really Hellas, and they're not like export or anything like that because they're lower in hops than what export would be and the ex- and and stronger so this is kind of like a session version of that yeah that's what it mm-hmm. came out to be the beer actually won a gold medal for bohemian pilsner oh back in huh. gosh like 16 i think okay so um even back then it was like i really want to enter this beer it's really nice it's great lager but we've been making we've been making it since day one okay but it never really fit into anything and i was like i'll just enter it in there Boom. And I don't know, cleanish beer, who knows? People weren't ending <laughs> Bohemian Pilsner back then like they are now. Right. Uh, and it hit. So, And everybody loves it, and it's this fun little beer. But, yeah, it just didn't have, like, we were trying to, I can't remember. It had a different description at one point. I'm like, you know, let's just call it a golden lager. Okay. And because it has German ingredients across the board, mm-hmm. let's tag that on there. And so, Got it. Yeah. That fits. It's good beer. Mm-hmm. All right, well, continuing our lager tour, uh, (laughs) our first beer of the day today is a Mexican lager. Uh, So tell us about this beer. Sure. This is La Chancla. And for anybody that knows what that means, um, it it has to deal with uh, Mexican grandmothers and mothers who use their chancla as a behavior 
Oh, uh, okay. Uh-huh. As a weapon? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I've given this to some people like, oh man, I can almost feel it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this one's much nicer. You're right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was modeled kind of after a Modelo Especial, so more of a sweeter, um, golden colored lager rather than like a Pacifico Clara or something like that and mm. not quite into the um, Dos Equis Ambar or Victoria kind of Vienna styles. Um it's about 30% corn. Okay. Uh, flaked corn, uh, Pilsner malt base, um, and a little bit of Cara Munich to give it that golden color. Okay. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a very simple beer, 4.8%, um, super drinkable and perfect for right now. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I think that's the perfect description, too. I immediately, when I saw it, said, ah, this is different than the Mexican lagers we've been having. And then with the with the flavor profile, too. And I think you're right. It's not so far over that it's uh, an amber or a Vienna, and it's not as light as a Clara. It's, it is kind of right there in the center, yeah. Yeah. Um, which makes it nice. It's it's super crushable and, and different than the, the super light, more, yeah. more corny, I think, flavored Mexican lagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. When you get light like that, that corn really comes through more. And we have some. We have a beer lager called Corn Star, which is nice. Very heavily uh, <laughs> it's corn a great name, but it's a on the menu. It said with popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Does that yeah. mean you're throwing popped air popcorn? Pops. So that beer was originally a collaboration with our friends at Sun King in Indiana. They actually flew uh, Indiana heirloom popcorn out with them. Came and we air popped. Um, a 50 pound bag of it that was the first time we did it okay now we're up to 75 pounds wow so we air pop 75 pounds of popcorn the night before mash in um the beer also has a gigantic amount of flaked corn in it so okay the wort literally tastes like liquid cotton candy or bubble gum it's wow it's hmm. awesome isn't the mash tun then just like glue? There's a, yeah. there's a whole lot of rice holes in that. <laughs> I'm sure okay. must be. And yeah. we've been able to figure it out, like kind of, even with this beer with 30% corn with such a light grain bill in my mash tun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we need those holes to 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 make it so we can actually, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, louder the thing. Okay. Do you have, with that much corn, do you have to do a special mash rest or something like that? So the, the corn star has a little bit of six row in it. Okay. Which which helps with that. Um, we we don't have the ability to to decoct or to really even step. Mm-hmm. So we're doing really long rests. Mm, okay. um, we can do one step, but I've almost kind of abandoned that even, just because the the noticeable difference to me is there. But it's I don't think anybody else is ever going to notice. Okay. Um, you know, if we had side by side one of our loggers or even the same logger that was. One stepped versus one that People that was just know. single infusion. I don't think it, like this beer single infusion. Okay, so and do you you think that there's really a difference between popped corn instead of like ground kernels, which would seem so much easier to do? So yeah, I mean, I don't know if you ever try to ground grind a no. kernel. It probably would be much harder than actually popping that. Much I guess popcorn. you're right. Um, they're so hard. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I don't know if it just makes it, you know, almost like picturing milling it instead of milling it, you're popping it yeah, and expressing what's inside that, that kernel. Um, I also want to see this popcorn, this 50-pound, <laughs> 75 pounds going into yeah. the mash so we, tun. We fill, it fills about 10, 12 large trash bags okay. full of popcorn. <laughs> wow. I can show you guys some video later. Yeah, yeah. Um, and while we're mashing in, it just 
you know, we just slowly put it in there, and it, it literally just goes, you know, right, just right. disintegrates. Pretty much yeah. disintegrates right away. Um, I would be eating it the whole it, time too. I oh, it's great! It. I just love it's yeah. so good. <laughs> just straight air popped popcorn without any seasoning or salt or anything. It's it's phenomenal. How are you? How are you popping seventy five pounds? We have too? a lot of air poppers. You do? Yeah, like the <laughs> old school ones that just have the like the funnel out the top. Yeah. So yeah. when we started that night, I think. Uh, Dandy and a couple of our other employees were going, and we had air poppers from the last couple times we've done the brew. Yeah, a couple of them have crapped out. Um, we had a microwave version. Okay, um, but you start popping breakers, and you start yeah. um, <laughs> taxing out these little, you know, yeah, they're like fifteen, twenty dollar air poppers. Right, and it was like nine o'clock. We had a ton of pounds to go and I'm like we're not going to make it so I ran out to Target bought six more okay and fortunately it was cold that night so we were up here out on the deck and we pop we just go in sequence just <laughs> pop one unplug it take it outside let the air flow through it cool it down <laughs> see, yeah. and then do another so you can mm-hmm. just constantly go and it took over seven hours oh my to gosh. pop all that pop wow. that's amazing yeah so this is one of those times that your wife is like, Jeff, come on, man. Really? We have to do a popcorn beer? I'm like, I always remind them. I'm like, well, just remember, it's not, it, it started off fun. Now it's like, how many more pounds? How many more pounds? How are we doing? How much, how much is left? Right. I'm like, and then remember later when we get to taste it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'll give you guys, it wasn't one of the beers that I planned to pour today, but I definitely want you guys to taste it. Okay. Um, one of my friends, because <laughs> we poured it at Firestone. That was kind of the release for it. Um, Ashley from Beerstadt, she's a obviously a lager great brewer. maniac and a great brewer. And she came up to the booth and she just tried. I didn't know she was drinking it. And she's like, Jeff, she's like, you're gonna you're gonna hurt people with this. Oh no, because it's seven point eight percent, but tastes but it like. drinks nowhere near that. Okay. And then she's having a little more, and I turn around and I'm like, eh? and she's like, this is downright irresponsible of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too it's too easy. Mm-hmm. It's just too easy. What um, style of beer is that? So we're calling it, it's, it's malt liquor, but we're calling okay, yeah. it American Strong Lager. Yeah. Because we like that sounds more impressive. And, yeah, it does. You know, mm-hmm. just going, yeah, it's our malt liquor. Right, <laughs> right, right. And I don't know, there's connotations. Like, it's a really nice beer. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you weren't told what was in it, it you can tell it's, it's, it's not by Bach, but call it American by Bach. Yeah. It's okay. got that really pale color to it. It's, it's not big bodied or yeah. cloying. Um, which you'd think with that much corn in it and, very, you know, not very much hops, but it fermented really well. It's really dry and clean in the finish. Yeah. So I think that's what makes it so easy. So we're like, nah, it deserves a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more than just malt liquor. As I'm glad you didn't start us with that one then. And, and not, yeah. And not tell <laughs> us. Too. Right. Yeah, here, oh, you asked for a full pint, Justin. Yeah. 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 All right, let's do this. We're going to take a quick break uh, so we can get some more beer in our glass to talk about. Uh, We're hanging out at Bagby Beer Company in Oceanside, California, and we'll be right back. Hang in there. Welcome back to the session. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We are at Bagby Beer Company in Oceanside, California, and uh, got another beer in our glass. But before we do that, Beardy had a good question off air I thought we should put back in here, and that is, uh, do, you know, what do you have a special yeast that you use for that Mexican lager? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it's Star House uh, Lager Strain, uh, which is Augustiner. All right. We have done some work with 3470 um, and even a blend of both. Okay. But most of our other loggers, and when we bring that yeast in, we just keep carrying it over. It's just a workhorse. Yeah, yeah. 
Do you uh, treat it any differently for the Mexican lager to drive up esters or anything like that? No, it's uh, we ferment it cold. It, all of our lagers um, ferment it 48 degrees and never get warmer than that. Oh, right. Okay. Um, you don't do any kind of rise or anything? Nope. Okay. Nope. Interesting. You and just always first, had success that way? Didn't, you didn't yeah, the, the first pitch sometimes throws a little more sulfur. I think that yeast likes, when we get it in-house, it likes a little bit warmer and might drive off some of that. But um, once we get it going and I can get it through the first um, first generation and the first beer, then it just sings. Mm-hmm. Like brewed Hellas with it yesterday, and it's got its slow roll going this morning. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. How long do you have to wait before uh, crash starting to, to crash it? Um, let's see. We do – it depends. Again, first generation from the lab, it's probably – I probably give it two weeks before – we start just gently ticking it down. Okay. Um, after, like, I think that batch of chancla, though, fermented in, like, seven, eight days. So it's oh, wow. a, a little a little beer, and we had a really, you know, active, happy yeast. Yeah. Um, so it went down quicker, so it probably started chilling in more like 10, 12 days. Okay. Um, but we logger long. Most of our loggers, <laughs> they used to be six to eight weeks. But because of the timing and the ability to, to give them longer, we've been giving them eight to ten weeks. Wow. Oh, wow. But we're also, <laughs> we're also running low on lighter ABV <laughs> lager, so we might be going back more to the six to eight week thing. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Are, are you starting the crash based on just gravity, or uh, are you doing any like VDK tests or anything like that? Uh, not doing any VDK tests. Um, just looking at, yeah, where the gravity is and... Um, and just the action where we're, we cap them. We don't have any spunding valves. So mm. kind of creating spunding valve with a bucket of blow off. So deeper, deeper that, oh, okay. that line is in the bucket. It's harder. It, you'll build up pressure on the tank cause it takes more to get the, the bubble sure. out. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of a makeshift spunding valve. Um, and, uh, it, it works. Like I've been really <laughs> happy with what we get from that. And then we'll close the arm once we, Really like the aromas and the gravities where we want it, and then we'll start working them down. So it's okay. it's a lot of what we do here is just kind of touch and feel rather yeah. than um, real real data. But we are looking at gravities. That's probably okay. <laughs> can you can you share how many inches deep into the blow off bucket is two and a half volumes? I uh, don't know that. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, <laughs> I haven't gotten there. Um, no, but most of them are five gallon buckets, so the the bottom of that hose is in the bottom of that bucket. Okay. With a you know something weighted usually at a, a hose end to keep it in the bottom oh, sure. instead of just floating up or yeah. or blowing up. Um but it works. It helps. And then we cap them and let them do their thing and let them rest like we have we have a Baltic porter down there that's working on 12 weeks right now. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Heck yeah. So before we dive into this next beer, which is delicious, by the way, already. Thank you. Um, I wondered if we could talk a little bit about the COVID time. Sure. You. And I, I hope I'm not mistaken, but I've, I don't use a lot of social media, but I follow you a little bit. And I might mm-hmm. have even gotten an email or something. And I think I remember you sending out an email kind of in the heat of COVID there that you guys were closing. And... I guess in hindsight, you meant for the time being, but it also sounded at the time like you didn't know if you were going to make it. Like it Mm. was almost that kind of a closing. It was a very, I just remember it being a rather somber 
as everything was, you uh-huh. know. Uh-huh. And I remember being super concerned, like, oh, shit, maybe Bagby's not coming out of this. Was that on the horizon for you? I mean, we'll say this. That was, it was, it was a difficult, hard, soul-searching time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to be perfectly honest, everybody's like, oh, you made it through COVID. Well, we made it right now. Right. But there's lasting effects. Yes. That mm. this has had. And in speaking with other brewers and other owners, um, it's a real thing. Yes. And, you know, no one likes to talk about it because it's extremely uncomfortable and, yes. and, and hard. Um, but, yeah, we when we originally made the decision to shut down, it was about a day, bef- two, two or three days before California would have mandated us to shut down. Okay. Uh, we made the decision. We met with all our managers and sat down and we're like – this is the best option for us right now. Mm-hmm. Back then, of course, we're thinking this will this will be done in a few weeks, and we can hang with that. Yeah, of course, that turned into a much longer period of time. Um, reopening for us, and you know, just trying to. It was a constant scramble. Um, we we did what we felt we were supposed to do, and what we were mandated to do. Right, and a lot of others didn't. And a lot of others very close to us. Yeah. And I'm talking about in our industry, not necessarily just breweries. Okay. I'm talking about restaurants and bars. Mm-hmm. Um, and that affected us. And a lot of those people that didn't follow mandates and didn't do what they were supposed to do um, were successful because of that. Yeah. And that really grinds on us. It's really difficult to, you know, and, and it, it was such a polarizing thing that no one, saw, I think, saw coming. But then coming out of it, we're like, you know, you had COVID deniers. You had people that didn't want to wear masks. Had people that We had people yelling at us for being closed. Right. And we're like, the state told us we have to close. I don't want to lose my liquor license. I don't want to lose my brewing license. I don't want to lose my health permit. Yeah. Um, and we had people yelling at us for that. And on the same turn, we had people going, you know what? I respect you so much mm-hmm. uh, for closing. You're, we're going to remember that when you open back up and mm-hmm. we will be here. and We will not be going to the places that didn't follow mandates. Nice. And yeah. so it was just, you know, it scrambled my head. And we had several conversations about what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? What's the best route to take? And yeah, um, I, I think there might have been underlying tones and us maybe not even realizing it. Mm. Dandy does all of our social media and our posts and our emails. Um, and there's definitely, she's an excellent writer, much, much better than I am. She is a good so, writer. So yeah. she can put that stuff out that, that makes sense. I'll sit there and jibber jab it to her of what my thoughts are. Yeah. And then she can take hers and put together this thing and go read this. And I'm like, that's absolutely perfect. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there may have been, and, and there was definitely times when we didn't know what was going to happen and definitely meetings with, um, you know, our kind of inner sanctum where we were like, uh, what do we do? Yeah. What's, mm-hmm. what's the call here? What, do we, what is everybody feeling? So, right. yeah. And, um, did, did having all of the outdoor space help with some of that? Like when you're you, able to start coming back? I you guess? would have thought it would have helped more than it actually did. <laughs> oh, really? Um, it was very difficult to, to be able to advertise and have, even though we had the outdoor space, yes, in, in a way, yeah, we could say, okay, we've got, you know, 60 seats outside that mm-hmm. we can properly staff and make food and drink for mm-hmm. and accommodate but all the other restrictions and not being able to really 
people like to to come here and stay here. Yep. And bring their dog, bring their kids, bring their friends, meet here for birthdays, meet here for parties, graduations, promotions. (laughs) Yes. And it was like, literally, the state was just like, all of those things, nope. (laughs) You Mm. can't do that anymore. And, you know, to your kind of comment earlier, there was some, there was rumors that we had closed for good around town okay we're like no they're not coming back they're closed and we're like what, what are you talking about we're sub we have to be closed right now <laughs> right yeah. yeah right yeah we tried the to-go food thing oh god that was a it's a nightmare dim miserable failure um and i thought i was i was optimistic i was like you know everybody has to do this so everybody's got to pivot and we can use our parking lot as kind of a drive-in number of the spots that you mm. order online we come out we set it on a table in front of your car you get out of your car you pay like the whole thing we had it all worked Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It was just people want to come here. They want to stay here. And because we had the end, that was the other thing. The public's perception of what the state was doing was nowhere near what the state was actually doing. Yeah. Some people were like, no, I follow this. This is what's happening. And this is why they're closed. Other people were like, oh, no, though, we went over here and they're open. Yeah, I don't exactly. know why they're closed. Uh-huh. And, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. and it just mix, mismatched everybody yep. into not knowing what was right and what was wrong and what was up and what was down. Sure. So, I appreciate your honesty about that. That I experienced almost an identical uh, uh, circumstances and experience at the Hop Grenade mm-hmm. you know, with, with our bar. And we followed the, the regulations, too. Yeah. And the it was very... Um, irritating and disheartening when people would come in and I'd say, well, you, you can't do this and you can't do that, but you can be here if you do this and that. And they're like, well, the place I was just at didn't do any of those things. And eventually I was just like, I know, I know that. And I'm telling you that that's illegal. <laughs> and I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. And I would say, you know, and I felt the same way. I, I can't afford to lose my license. I can't afford to pay a fine. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um, and we had, like I said, an almost identical experience. A, yeah. a lot of people thanking us for that and a lot of people super angry, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. And there were certainly times, you know, during reopening in hindsight that I probably shouldn't even have reopened every time. You know, we did the open, close, yep. open, close. Yep. And in too. hindsight, there was a couple of those times that the restrictions were so silly and, yeah. that, and that people weren't showing up, like you said, that I should have just remained closed for, for longer and waited it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that kind of stuff in hindsight. Um, the other thing I'm happy that you mentioned uh, and, and I, that I appreciate your honesty is that so many of the lasting effects, you know, things are not back to, to normal. By it. And, and in fact, Beardy and I were talking about it last night, even walking down the street here. It's a Friday night, yeah. um, you know, right around 9, 9.30, yeah. um, which I bet pre-COVID was a pretty crowded street. And it's not right now. And it's not where I'm at either. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's unsafe to be out. It's also that people's habits have changed. Oh, yeah. So you had people here. Of course you did. And you probably were busy a little bit earlier um, than you used to be. Mm-hmm. But people now kind of go home around 9, 930. They're, like mm-hmm. Netflix is there. And we got used to that <laughs> on be a Friday chilling. night. Yeah. 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 Of course, we had that pre-COVID. But you would do mm-hmm. Netflix on Wednesday, not on Friday. Right. Yeah. Um, and the the lasting effects of you, you could go into all of the other things, supply chain and all of that. But right. I, I'm more just talking about the very measurable impact of people's behaviors and how that is still sticking around. Yeah, that's one of the factors that that combines with everything, and and they definitely have. Yeah. You know, yeah. you 
you can't put it's one of those things where you can't like you're like oh well it was that right oh it was supply chain oh it was cost rising oh it was minimum wage rising oh it was that whatever other costs you know involved went up or it was the demographic or it was other newer places opening right at the kind of end of you know 2021 2022 yeah competition yeah to put it simply sure um and yeah, you you can't just be like, oh, that that was it, and you I wish we yeah. would have, or that was it, and there's just not no identifying it. There's not, and at the same time, there are places with lines out the door every yep. day that are, that are thriving, and there's no real. And I speak to some of those owners too, and they're like, I don't know, we we're lucky, <laughs> you know. And some of them feel that they're lucky. Some of them found some like magic activity that people really like, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know bingo on a Thursday, cornhole. Whatever. But I corn, think that's popular. Yeah, cornhole is popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna start a tag league. Just good old fashioned <laughs> tag. <laughs> Well, anyway, thank you for talking about that, and um, and I appreciate it. Um, let's talk about sure. the beer in our glass. What are we drinking now? So this is King of the Britons. Um, I have a little fondness for small British beer. Mm-hmm. And so this is 100% British ingredients. A lot of people like to say that they're, I don't know, they're pale ale or they're blonde or they're, some, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's bitter or, or ordinary bitter or it's mm-hmm. best bitter or it's whatever. Premium, I think, is the other third bitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. We've we've made a few of them here. The first beer we ever made here was in that in that genre. Okay. Called Back Garden because we had a big back garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I, uh, I I really like making them. It's a Maris Otter base. Um, has some British Crystal uh, hops are. Gonna challenge me now because we ran out of those. It's Challenger, Target, and Fuggle. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, all UK. Nice. And it's it's not like cask and hops in a cask, is it? As you serve it too. No, I yeah. wish I. We did do two Firkins okay. of this beer. Um, another thing with our sort of traditional lines, somewhat traditional. We've been trying to pull cask back out of death in yeah california and the u.s um there's other parts of the country that are still do- doing the same right which is it was great to see and great to visit um this beer was phenomenal on cask i, oh, bet. I bet oh man well I the just, reason i asked is it you could have told me it was and i would have said oh yeah i can taste the, the it has that kind of hop character i, mm-hmm. I feel like the mm-hmm. the the english hops are really standing out a little spicy earthy mm-hmm. as if it's coming out of a cast that's sort of why I cool. asked. You're, you're 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 doing a good fake job on it <laughs> thanks man <laughs> yeah yeah uh of course we did the side by side when we put the firkin on okay. oh yeah and just uh, you can't describe natural carbonation that is you know uh Hand pulled, hand pumped, uh, cask beer until it's sitting in front of you. It's just mm-hmm. such a different, adds such a different depth. Yeah. In you know, this beer's four point four percent. Some of ours are even lower. Some are just sub four. Um, and you're like, how are you getting that depth of flavor, that character, that body, that kind of nuance in in a little tiny ale like this? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and. You look at beers, maybe more towards the American style, like a session IPA or something. You're just getting hammered with hops and bitterness, and you don't taste the nuance. You don't. You don't normally think of carbonation. Well, you do think of carbonation as a flavor point because yeah. you can get carbonic acid, mm-hmm. or you can have just a you know a less uh, presence of 
the hops and, and uh, sure. the aromas yeah. coming out of the beer because of a lower carb or something. But natural carbonation is yeah. such a different mouthfeel, such yeah. a different thing. And, yeah, I miss it. I wish we could have it every day. Right. <laughs> I'm going to declare, Beardy, this is the best beer I've had on tour so far. Ooh. Wow. I think so. And, yeah. and it's because of all the subtleties and mm-hmm. nuances that you're talking about. You're really having a more complete experience with yeah. this beer. You can talk about the malt. You can talk about the hops. You can talk about the carbonation, even though it's not natural carbonation. Mm-hmm. It's got right. a long-lasting, like, bright, white, foamy head, mm-hmm. lacing on the glass. Um yeah. yeah, and I've had some really good beer on this trip. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks, we man. haven't been hurting yeah. for uh, good beer. No. But uh, yeah, that's one reason I love bitter as a style is because it's, you know, low IBU, low ABV. You really just get a very uh, clear picture into like what each ingredient is doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, done well like this, Yeah, you get to enjoy each one of those. Yeah. And with this, while it's balanced and and low ibu i would maybe hop forward isn't the right term but i i don't know what it else is. to use it, other than yeah that. it is and almost more so than we had planned really um i love it that way i i think so i think if you were looking like really more traditional styling it's probably more pale at british pale than mm, okay. um a lot of those bitters I don't know, like, you go over there and you have them, and you're like, wow, yeah, this yep. is <laughs> hop, hop aromatics, hop bitterness, you know, and you still get some, some malt and things, but there's, I don't know, I think some of the, the style guidelines, I haven't read the BJCP one for this for a while, but I've read the BA one, yeah, and I'm like, they're not that malty. Right. They finish dry. They have a very hop forward presence in them um, when you go over there. I Like I said, I wish it could be on natural, but we... We carved it up, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's its fun. I love that it has that hop flavor. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's um, the part I say that's yeah. kind of fooling me about it being a cask is just enough hop forward. Mm-hmm. And, I, yeah, I guess it probably wouldn't do great in competition because of that, but it's exactly what I like about it. And cool. and it's not that it isn't malty at all. It's That Maris Otter really shines through, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Like I said, it's balanced. It's just hop forward. Thanks, man. Yeah. Glad that I, I wouldn't have thought you'd pick our 4.4% better <laughs> as your yeah. favorite beer of your time. Right. <laughs> well, and I've been getting back into hops like over the last year. Like I sort of went away from IPAs for a while, but over the last year or two, I'm back into IPAs and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised too. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, is this a, a year round beer for you or? Uh, I would say those? the style is. Oh, okay. um, our other one has been on more than King of Britain's. King of Britain's was, is a, is the first time we've made this beer. Oh, okay. Um, not this style. Okay. So, and we're hopefully we're getting labels soon because we're going to can it. Oh, you are? Hopefully. Because some people who come in and drink this, really, I think maybe we fool some pale ale drinkers or some mm-hmm. some people that like hops but don't necessarily like the alcohol or don't like that that big gnarly punch. Yeah. Um, are, are more susceptible to this. Okay. Because I never thought we'd sell the others that we've sold and they sell pretty well it just takes a little hey try this yep oh you like hops hey try this yeah don't <laughs> oh, tell them only, what it is before yeah. you give it to them yeah. and then you tell them oh it's only 4.4 percent and this and that and they're like oh this is great you yeah know, now i can, can have two exactly right? mm-hmm. exactly yeah. oh, that's a, that's a nice beer Thanks, um, yeah. did you can before uh, covid too no yeah. we um once we saw what was 
going to happen or how long we were going to close. We we're like, well, let's see if we can get. So we just have a tiny single head uh, wild goose gosling. Um, it works great for what we're trying to do. Sure. If we were trying to sell cans out in the marketplace, I don't think it's really a good machine for that. Okay. Um, so you only sell them out of here? Right now, yeah. We, we have a couple of accounts that um, we make a special beer for some of the hotels down the street. So they have a, some of the rooms have the cans in them. Nice. Um, but we've been getting good airs. Um, we originally got it. We had we were testing all the time to just be like, okay, it was cool. It's going yeah, yeah. to work. It's going to be shelf-stable, all that. Um, but the margins are, I mean, I think I... I myself probably touch every can about eight, nine times before it's okay. sold or ready to be sold. Yeah. Handcrafted. That's yeah. right. Literally. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, although I really like the, the method of cans way better than we were doing crawlers in the past. It was just miserable. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. Some people still ask for crawlers. I'm like, do you yeah. see the can cooler over there? It's <laughs> <laughs> right there, man. I saw it. <laughs> so, so do you not offer crawlers at all, even if it's not? We have it. We, we were doing crawlers because we still had some, oh, basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But we're pretty much out of labels and out of cans. So we've kind of just been pushing people towards the stuff that we have in the, okay. in the can cooler. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, it's more shelf-stable. You know, it's a it's better pot. Um, and it's a better price. Blah, 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 blah. So, okay. Yeah. And back to this beer real quick before sure. we take a break. What about water here? You have good water, or do you have to RO? So, in the beginning, we didn't really do much of anything with water. Okay. Um, over the years, we started to notice things where I was like, "Hey, what? That, that wasn't that flavor wasn't there before. What's going on?" Hmm. Um, so now we're to the point where we are testing water every batch um we're building water depending on what beer we're making which is something i'd never done in my brewing career okay but looking back on certain beers and certain things where we were like god we brew that beer every time why did what happened Mm -hmm. why is the flavor different why is that hop character like that why are we getting these these different flavors and characters that we never had before? Yeah. And so realizing how heavy the water is here, um, extremely hard, extremely heavy TDS. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we're doing a blend of RO with other water and then adding salts to, to get where we want to be. So okay. depending, like this beer, um, so we probably did, I'd say, like a... 60% RO and then 40% hard water and then probably added some some gypsum okay to get that drying cone of hop accentuating character yeah um there's a beer yeah. with this many subtleties that are so they're standing out in such great ways yeah i just feel like you couldn't have done that if you just poured the water in yeah you know? no i i don't think so and it's 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 been interesting to really see our beers change and i've had to also change kind of how I look at recipes now because mm. our, our, most of my recipes and my thoughts about recipes were built on just, you know, throwing in filtered hard water, um, straight out of the, mm. out of the source. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then looking back and especially with the loggers, I mean, it's changed. The loggers have gotten so much better Yeah, with mm. that, you know, especially like that, that the chancla, like it just, it, it changes those beers. You get this really cool flavors in these really delicate beers. And yeah. I think we were, because the water was so heavy, we weren't getting, 
we weren't getting that nuance that we really wanted and we're really you know sure. putting together this this great beer with all these great ingredients and you know <laughs> yeah. like and it was good i'm sure it was yeah. good but if you were to be able to go back in time and do a side by side yeah the brightness of your beer now is, yeah. was probably night and day yeah yeah i i think and remember tasting some of those beers and going, ah, it's so much better now. Yeah. <laughs> so even back at Pizza Port, you didn't mess with water. Not really, no. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, we made very few lagers back then, but we were sure. we were just like boiling it to try and get everything to fall out before okay. brewing. We'd never, yeah. And even there, we didn't even have like a, a chlorine or chloramine wow. removal. Oh, it wow. was just, right out the it pipe. was just hot water overnight in the kettle okay. would they drive off a lot of that the, those aromas okay um but yeah i mean and that's what like looking back those are some of the times when i'd be like yeah, we really should have been looking at water um i think that would have made our beers even better back then you might have won more medals they would have changed the name of gabf to just the pizza pour uh, award ceremony <laughs> j-e-f-f <laughs> right yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to try some more beer with Jeff Bagby. We're here at Bagby Beer Company in Oceanside, California, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the session. Thank you for hanging out with us. We are still at Bagby Beer Company in Oceanside. What's the website, Jeff? Uh, BagbyBeer.com. There you go. Easy enough. Go check it out. Uh, you got got the beer list on there, good food menu. You can kind of check out everything that they're doing. Um, uh, I was asking you about cans that you only sell here, but you do have keg accounts outside of Bagby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. a few. Yeah. What percentage of beer would you say goes over the counter versus out there? Um, right now, much more majority here. Yeah, I'd say eighty-five to ninety percent goes over the bar. Right. Um, Which again, not to harp on it, but that was part of the problem with COVID. If you're if you're so heavily dependent on over the bar. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Do you feel that you know? As time progresses, you'll you'll want to diversify that a little bit. As you know, protection. I would love, yeah, I would love to grow that side of things. Um, we've always been self-distributed. There's right. always been that conversation of, oh, do we get a distributor? But then, you know, what pressures does that put on us? The way that we make beer, yeah, it's kind of easier to self-distribute because we do have so many different varieties, and sure. we, you know, we'll always have something. English British, but it may not be the same beer right mm. all the time. So, which is what distributors sort of expect. <laughs> the distributor side do, but it's it, or does, but it's funny as you look at bars and they're just rotation nation everywhere now. So, yep. Yep. it's like maybe this would work better, but yeah, you know, so, like for distributors, it's the paperwork and the filings and the mm-hmm. this and the that and more sure. skews. You know, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, what beer is in our glass now? Uh, this is Golden Girl. It's our Belgian-style golden, Great um, name. M- modeled after, uh, you know, that one that invokes the devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is a beautiful Belgian beer. Thank you. You do, so a lot of, I guess, you know, classic styles is one way to say it, but I think a better way for you to say it, I was reading some of your story around the brewery. Mm-hmm. Um you're an aficionado. You really appreciate the beers of the world. Yes. And you've spent time traveling and tasting them at their source. Mm-hmm. And I, that seems to be a, a, a heavy theme for you, is to bring back those experiences to your own beer. Mm-hmm. So while I think all your beer has a Bagby 
twist on it, you you do try to pay homage to all of these different styles as best you can, right? You just hit it perfect. That's yeah. exactly what our whole goal was from the beginning. Is okay. you know we've we've traveled, we've had these beers that you know we're talking about across the pond, um, uh, in their places or at their actual breweries, and walked and talked with the brewers and mm-hmm. um, bringing that back, but then also being realistic and like we know we can't make it like that you know there's a reason several reasons why we don't make sour beer but Hmm. one of them is i've spent a lot of time at cantillon i spent a lot of time at drefontaine i spent a lot of time at udbirsel and some of the other blenderies and it's just not possible yeah yeah. (laughs) i'm never going to be able to recreate that (laughs) or even get close and even have the time to try and get close so i'd rather focus on the beers that i think i can get closer bring back um, some of the best compliments we've ever received are from Europeans that come in and say, that reminds me of home. Yeah, well, this is for the, sure. You know, this alt beer, my gosh, you know, and that's right. like, that's such a huge compliment. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely every beer has, has a Bagby touch. Yep. And it may be whatever I felt like, or it may be that I just didn't get quite that close. Sure, or that makes whatever. sense. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's still, no matter what you do, it's your interpretation of it. Even yes. if you were trying to true, do true. a direct clone, true, true. you're not them, you right. know, or there for that matter. Exactly. Yeah. Don't have the brew house, don't have the full water, don't have right. all the other components <laughs> but you even did it's not just beers from abroad and i do want to talk about this beer in our glass too but um last night i was here we did a little little pre-gaming with you mm-hmm. and um you've got a, a beer called copycat on yeah which uh, i didn't read you know the description just said uh um pale ale okay. i think it said something else pale ale and it said copycat and i was like oh well, i'm gonna have that i wanted that before the intense pale ale i figured i should i'm just doing it in order <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and then i drink it and i'm like man this beer's like really familiar <laughs> and i can't quite put my finger on it and then i realized it's a sierra nevada uh, uh homage right yeah and it happened completely on accident oh really, no kidding the first time yeah we brewed it and it was sitting in the tank and I don't. I like. I think a lot of other uh, professional brewers pretty much always have. Uh, well, I call it green soda. Yeah, at home same. Because uh, cans mm-hmm. are green. Mm-hmm. Yep. And always have it at home as fresh as can be. And uh, I tasted it to do a gravity, and I was like, uh, <laughs> "Wait a second. <laughs> right. So I literally went. We we have some here all, almost all the time too, and went and grabbed one and, and poured it right next to it. And the color literally was spot on. Yeah. And then we were tasting it, and we we're like, okay. We've got a little bit more hop character, um, but everything else is the gravities or the or the ABV was the same, the color was the same, the mouthfeel, everything. So we're like, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's copycat. A copycat. <laughs> you know, in in art and and music, there's uh, there's actually a name for that when you inadvertently do something that you know mm. from from before and mm-hmm. it, and it's usually something that you're a fan of so in other words it's not plagiarism and it's not that you're trying to steal something that <laughs> I, I i should have looked it up but there yeah if it happens accidentally there's actually a name for it in art because it's mm. it's common enough yeah so something in our brain does that and so in other words when you were writing this recipe, unbeknownst to you, you were calling upon this yeah, memory. Probably. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so copycat's a better name than plagiarism, I think. Yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by the way, it was not identical, um, but it just had all of those like uh, some some crystal malt characteristics, mm-hmm. and then those like super classic uh, sea hops. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's good beer. 
Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Well, okay. So tell us more about the Belgian Golden in our glass. So Golden, uh, Belgian Golden, yeah. Um, Golden Girls, um, Styrian Golding or Styrian Celia for the hop. And now I'm tasting it. It has a little more hop in it than I had remembered. Mm. Um, 8.5%, just like, uh, and this time, so I've been kind of messing around with my Belgian yeast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and deciding, I had one that Pete Sport that I used for a long time got from another brewer really liked it um and it produced some amazing beers for us back then got it in house here and used it a few times and a couple times i was like yeah it's not really doing what i want to phenolic aroma wise and attenuation awesome i mean just all but fermented things out and uh so i like that aspect but i started looking back at some of the more traditional strains the, the trappist and the abbey strains mm-hmm. um for the Belgians because of their aromatics and their, their just their character because it's such a yeast driven beer. Yeah. Um, in, in attenuation and in, in aroma and flavor as well. So this is actually a blend of my old strain and West mall. Oh, or right. Abbey. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, it got the attenuation that we want. Um, super low. I think this went down to 10 Hmm somewhere in that range so super 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 light body at eight and a half percent so right that's okay. another sneaky you know i always love that when you went to duval there's several quotes kind of at mark god on the walls about um that some some famous people have made some you know yeah drink three duvals and you'll see god <laughs> like things like <laughs> yeah. things like that you know and so we wanted that sneaky aspect to it mm, and it has it um it's got more body than i Spot, especially for how and dry it's a, it is, it's a little less golden, right? It's it's got a, a little more yeah. of, a, of a deep golden than than a light golden. Yeah, I think a, yeah, the tulip's pretty bulbous, so yeah, yeah it's, okay. a, it's a little deeper golden. Um, Pills malt base. Um, what else is in there? Some wheat, some flaked oats, um, and that's it. Okay, very simple beer. Right, yeast from, driven, uh, simple, yeah. and yeah. simple. With the yeast blend, oh, and some candy sugar, or not? Was that candy? Liquid candy. candy sugar this time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. With the yeast blend, do you only get one generation out of it, or are you repitching it? We're repitching it. So this started in our little mini blonde. Um, that thing almost. I mean, I was like ten oh two or something. It was. Just, oh wow! I was, <laughs> we're trying to keep the booze down, <laughs> right? Um, and so it went even lower, and I was like, okay, this will be great. We got a really good harvest. We made this beer, and then we made a beer that we've never made before. Well, we've only made once before, which is our, our Dark Strong. Um, it's the strongest beer we've ever made. Hmm. Uh, it's 11%, and it did very well with even with the darker. Um, you know, there's a few unfermentables in that beer, um, so we got a little bit higher finishing gravity, but still under 10-10. Got it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this, so this beer very uh, ester forward, mm-hmm. but then, um, you know, like a Golden Strong should, really dries out and kind of goes away. Like it mm-hmm. makes you ready for a, the next sip. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. It's not my favorite style when it comes to, to Belgians. I do love Duval because of what I'm describing, where you can you can experience yep. all of those yeast forward things and then it disappears for you, mm-hmm. as opposed to piling on with every sip, mm-hmm. uh, which this beer doesn't do, like a like a Duval does. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen God drinking this beer? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Late night at the brewery, maybe. <laughs> right. <you know. laughs> it's 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 one of those um, 
Dandy loves Duval too. We have a, a whole thing with with Duval. That's another beer that's almost always at our house. Nice. And uh, she even has a little D because Dandy. And oh, that's cool. D uh-huh. tattoo. Yeah. Tattoo. Heck yeah. Um, but yeah, she calls it her good day, bad day beer. Because <laughs> you're like, uh-huh. I, I, I'm having a great day. You know what? I'm just gonna kick it into gear a little bit. <laughs> have a golden girl. Have a duel. Yeah. Um, or you know, ah, what a Dave, I need a duel. Yeah. I need a golden girl. So, mm-hmm. Doc, our, our old co-host, used to say the same thing. Like mm-hmm. that was his. Uh, for him, it was kind of his Burning Man beer too. Okay, because you know we'd do whatever we did the night before at Burning Man, and he'd just like crack out the duel in the morning. It's gonna fix everything. <laughs> <laughs> for, forget the mimosa. Go straight Go for, for the, the duel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Duvelinski. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, we've got some more beer to try. Um, the next one sure. I think you lined up for us was your, I think you call it an intense pale ale. Uh, is yeah. That, is that yeah, what it can, is? We can do that. Let's it's try um, that one. I had this one last night. So, I, yeah, I had the uh, uh, copycat first, mm-hmm. uh, then went for the intense pale ale. And, nice. And so, Jeff, my favorite style in the world is is pale ale, always. Nice. It's, um, it's just, uh, yeah, American pale is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and to me, like thankfully, um, and I think it's because of of like new world hops now, new school hops, like lager, pale ale is is kind of coming back into favor. It doesn't all have to be an IPA. Yeah. And I think part of that is is getting away from just using classic hops in a in a pale ale. And I don't know what you've done with this, but yeah, some of my favorite pale ales, like um, I don't know if you've had like Liquid Gravity's uh, Pale from the Crypt. Uh, they um, just they just won an award at GABF. Oh, and, awesome! Um, but anyway, new school hops kind of re- like reviving uh, the pale ale category, mm-hmm. which I love seeing. I like it as long as there is the correct pale ale balance. Okay, yeah, you know, like I don't not know, a I session feel, IPA. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like there's there's so much of that, and you know, I'm a little get off my lawn here, but I only use older hops. Okay, or old ish hops. I don't. I'm not hip on the new HGZYQ459. You mean across the board or just with your pale Across the board. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, part of that was because of legacy hop contracts that I have that I've yeah. been renegotiating and man- managing okay. throughout that I, I started, you know, before we opened. Um, the other part of it is I just like older, I just like the flavors. They're familiar yeah. to me and, you know, what we're doing here is... We're not really foraging ahead on new styles. We're right. we're recreating what we feel is classic mm-hmm. and and should be cherished and enjoyed and and not forgotten. And I feel like that sometimes happens with some of these beers. I I will say like this this new West Coast kind of IPA Slash, flush, yeah. which which d- dips down into pale ale too. I'm liking what I'm seeing in some of those beers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the the newer hop varieties, right? I feel like before or or before this became more of a resurgence with this West Coast, which is hilarious to me because it's. I feel like the bitterness is so far down. Yep, from mm-hmm. what we were making back in the late '90s and early aughts here in San Diego. Yeah, um, which garnered a lot of fame for San Diego beer. Yep, um, nowhere near the IBU that that those beers were. No. Um, which is kind of nice to see because I felt like people are using a lot of these new hops and not knowing exactly what they're going to do in a beer. You mm-hmm. know, like, oh, it smells like 
strawberries and lavender or whatever and like oh that's well and great but did you also smell the green onion and dirty sock and <laughs> gasoline right like, oh you've had sabro before right, yeah. yeah i get it yeah, yeah. so why uh, you gotta be negative like finding finding the the way to use those hops i think a lot of brewers have and have figured out ways to whether it's time temperature application to really create some really unique beers with those new hops and i just haven't done that i like making older school stuff like this thing so yeah. this is this is a, a three hops uh zeus simcoe and amarillo mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so okay so not completely old school like you said no. you're like yeah. old school but not i mean yeah. simcoe and amarillo they're still just yeah. awesome i guess yeah. they are called classic hops now but they're they're, they're in the middle old. to me <laughs> i remember when amarillo came out <laughs> yeah. like i was still i rogue. was doing that the was, radio that show was, uh, uh, yeah. that was rogue that was yeah their big hop for uh Br- brutal bitter yeah 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 way back in the day and i remember when it first kind of came on and i was like oh this is awesome yeah and then simcoe was like a little bit later than that mm-hmm. and then and then i feel like there was kind of a gap before another new big hop came yeah. on mm-hmm. so they're not they're not sea hops they're not you know no but uh you, but you, zeus is ctz is uh has been around for a long time sure <laughs> you mentioned just real quick that you're still working through contracts from before you opened mm-hmm. didn't you say that you're in your ninth year so we are <laughs> so how long did you contract for so long as the least no um working through in the sense of managing and you know, well, if fortunately, um, you know, we, when we did that, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't okay. know if we we're going to be making a thousand barrels a year or six thousand barrels a year. Our mm-hmm. brewery was built to do either. Mm-hmm. Um, and back then, there was everybody was like, "Well, you got to get hop contract. You got you, you, sure. you want to make hoppy beer? You better get hop contracts." And I yeah. was like, "Okay." So when I got a bunch, kind of taking a just a swag guess at, w- at what it was going to be, right? And I'm like, okay, we're getting into this. We're nowhere near using all these things. So as things got older, um, a, a couple of them we completely just were like, we're done. We're not going to use these hops. And we don't even deal with one of our brokers anymore mm-hmm. because of that. We're like, mm-hmm. everybody else has been really cool and saying, okay, you have this much left. Do you want to move that to a new year? Oh, that's cool. So mm-hmm. you move it to a new year. You have to pay, pay the markup. Yeah. But <laughs> sure. Um, you know that's that's helped. So we aren't using nine-year-old hops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we are using some hops that are older than I. I don't always like to admit. Right. But uh, but you smell them and you wouldn't exactly, use them yeah. if they weren't good. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, so. this beer to me um, has uh, it's a it's a classic hop uh, uh, character, of course, mm-hmm. which is uh, to me earthy and like. Kind of spicy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the spicy from? Which one? I is think the CTC? Zeus. The, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah, what the, I was we opened too. that bag and we're like, oh yeah, we're using this to bitter. And, yeah. And we put some in the back, um, and in the dry hop. And in the dry hop too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that. And and to me, that's also like a Sierra Nevada character too. It's less pronounced in a Sierra Pale Ale than it is in this. That that spiciness. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they might have a little more citrus forward than than mm-hmm. you do, but then yeah, rounding it out with that Simcoe. Uh, I think is a smart move here. Yeah. Are they kind of equal parts, all three of those hops? Uh, mm, trying to remember how it went. The, I mean, the, the recipe reads like an IPA recipe. Okay. We were try. Uh, quite honestly, we didn't think it was going to attenuate to where it did. It was ah. supposed to land more around six, 
six two at the most, and it's six seven. Oh, <laughs> so it's it's IPA by a lot of people's standards. <laughs> sure, yeah. But we still were like, no, we're not going to call it that. It's intense. It's not, intense. It's yeah. not as bitter. It's not as intense. So it's. Mm. Which is intense IPA, pale. by the way, intense pale ale. So that, oh. was, that was the play. <laughs> yeah, nice. the I've been nice saying it done. wrong all this time. Yeah, yeah nicely done. Uh, yeah. Right, what's the yeast? Is it Cal Ale? Uh, no, it's it's a house strain. Okay, um, it's an ale strain that uh, actually was brought to me uh, from Tommy years ago when I was working with him in Solana Beach. Okay, and we used it a lot back then, and and he's he gave me permission to to use it. Nice. He first used it at it's called La Cruda. Uh, the pizza ports still use it. Okay. Um, he still uses it as far as I know at Lost Abbey. And, um, there's a few other brewers who have moved on who have versions or, you know, still, I'm pretty certain still use it. Okay. Um, I feel like it's, it's a great sub for Cal because, or Chico, whatever you want, 1056, sure. whatever you want to call it. Um, because it, it, it can do exactly what Cal can do, but I believe it gives more depth. I see. Especially on it'll make this we use in our brown ale. Mm. Oh, so okay. we're getting we're getting a nice deep malt character and still getting the attenuation we want, still getting the, the hop accentuation we want in hoppy beers. Um I just think it gives a little more complexity to the beer than mm. than a cow ale will. Um Yeah. Um I don't I've <laughs> Years and years ago when I was at Pizza Fort, I tried to work with uh, White Labs to see if we could find out the origin. Of this, yeah. And the person that originally gave it to Tommy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tommy doesn't remember? Well, they didn't know the origin either. So, right. Oh, okay. okay. So there was a brew pub that opened in downtown San Diego. I think it was Tommy's first brewing job called Cerveceria La Cruda. Okay. The Hangover Brewery. Nice. <laughs> um, and Troy uh, Hoyle brought this strain in and that's what their house ale strain was there and he told me the guy that he bought it from and so i there was this is years ago but i still opened back then i could open a web page and it had strains listed and so i was working with um neva at white labs and i said hey do you know anything about these strains is there any way that we can find out if you know we have some sort of match yeah and then maybe we can find this guy and say you know what definitely came from uh, Western Europe. We just don't know. Yeah. It's a UK strain. I feel like it is. Um, you know what happened? She goes, oh, yeah. We bought all those guys' strains when, when uh, he closed. Oh. I'm like, oh, great. Awesome. She's like, yeah, but they all, some of them came in baby jars. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I read through the descriptions on some of them. like, it could be that one. could uh, be that one. Uh-huh. It could be that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it kind of dead-ended there. So I don't really know the exact origin of it. I just know it's, uh, Tommy used to call it an assassin because I don't know how many medals it has under its belt. But oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, for the, for the pizza port crew and like I said, some folks who've moved on and have versions of it or have, you know, banked right. it somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. Or, and maybe because like you said, so like Chico yeast kind of does its thing and disappears, like, like just lets the beer be the beer, I feel whereas like, this leaves a mark. Yeah. I feel, I feel like there is yeast character even in the extremely hoppy beers yeah and just a little more depth and a little body even perception of body even though they're really it's it's attenuated just as far as as right as a cow strain would i kind of love that you don't know where it came from and may (laughs) never i think that it's it's because it's so good it's just like a like a night that you never know where it came from yeah it's (laughs) it's yeah it's it's cruda that's great (laughs) 
All right. Well, we have time for one more. And right. speaking of assassin, <laughs> <laughs> it's been nice knowing you, Justin. Yeah, let's try this last beer. Yeah. Uh, I think you were telling us before the show about this beer, right? Which yes. is um, this is Corn Star. Corn Star. Okay. That's yes. Right. This is uh, um, what we're calling an American strong lager, sort of uh, a. Uh, American Maybach, maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 7.8%. Um, I haven't done the actual math, but I know the percentage of corn, including the air pop, 75 pounds of heirloom popcorn that we popped to put in the mash, uh, is well over 35% popcorn. Wow. Or yeah. corn. Corn. Sorry. Yeah. Including the popcorn, though. Yeah. 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 I see. And a lot of rice holes. A thousand percent rice holes. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I agree. This will hurt people. Yeah, so it drinks super easy. Uh, It's got a nice sweetness to it. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, it's not, I I wouldn't call it corny. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not just getting some. Well, it kind of has the air popped corn. And I've been brewing with so much corn over the last couple of years. (laughs) I really started learning kind of the, you know, so you have. Corny can be a character, obviously, towards the DMS side, right? Sure. That stuff that you don't necessarily want. Or it can be that aroma of just, like, corn. Or it can be the actual sugar, which is more of what I feel like this is with the popcorn and even the flaked corn that's in it. I think you're right, yeah. It's got that sweetness, which is in all Mexican lagers. Yes. That's where a lot of that character Mm -hmm. comes from. And And it's what covers up the... Would you say nine percent or something? It's what covers no, up the it's seven strong. It's seven point eight. Seven, yeah. yeah. Right, like that's because, or it blends together with alcohol sweetness, yeah. maybe, right? You know, so that you're not just perceiving heat. You're getting alcohol sweetness, corn sweetness, but then just a super light drinking. Yeah, it, yeah. this will this will hurt. Uh, what do you? What size glass do you serve it in here? We serve it in sixteen ounce mason jars. You do, yeah. yeah of course you do, <laughs> <laughs> with a paperback. Right. <laughs> um, it, it. We had the release last Sunday here, um, and we served some. We had, we had twenty five pounds of the popcorn left, so we did like some some flavored popcorns and stuff, and then nice. because mm. America, we did hot dogs. Yes, a couple yeah. different varieties of hot dogs, and it was great. It was a fun time. That's and it was fun good. to see people that, you know, not like are like, oh yeah, it's the corn style release. Okay, I'll try that. Not reading it, not reading the description, and going, ah, this is great. Drink super easy. I'm like, slow down, slow down, <laughs> just yeah. pump the brakes. <laughs> you're like, yeah. meanwhile, we partnered with Uber on our release, yeah. so <laughs> they're just lined up yeah. outside. Because yeah. it, I was trying to d- describe it to somebody. I'm like, with all like, it's there's very it's a bittering hop. That's it. It's just enough to to balance, but it's not. It's not sweet or big bodied or cloying. Hmm. And I think that's no. the the drinkability component yeah. there. What Just kind of target IBUs is it? Because it's not even super noticeable, I guess. Didn't target IBUs. I just wanted or, balance. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want hop character of any kind. So what is yeah. it? Did you just use it? It's just German Magnum. Yeah. Okay. All the way through, just Magnum. Just yeah. well, bittering hop. That's it. Only a bittering edition. Like a pound? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Or, yeah. Maybe wow. a little more okay. in, in our size batch. We yielded... Filtered, I got 21 barrels. Okay. Okay. Yep. Again, like, what am I going to do with 21 barrels of strong American lager? Hopefully the cans go well. I don't <laughs> Yeah. And this Augustine or yeast, too? Uh, it was this. This was, was that the end of, 
Definitely Augustiner in it. I'm trying to remember if it had the uh, the blend. Okay. The, for 3470 Augustiner blend, or if it was just straight Augustiner. I think it was straight Augustiner. Mm. But it has, like... To me, Augustiner has, even though it's lager yeast, is kind of like... So, oh, we're not there. We're not, you mm. know... Mm-hmm. We don't impart flavor or characteristics in the beer. Mm. I feel like Augustiner has a, a fuller character to it, like mm-hmm. a, a deeper character to where 3470 is, is more of that dry crisp kind of character in the final beer so this might be the blend okay i'd have to go and look i can't remember off the top of my head and is there any trick to to fermentation when there's that much corn in it or is it just just kind of go like normal? so i was just telling beard earlier it has a little six row in it ah, which yeah. will help with that conversion also we do an extremely long rest yeah, yeah so, okay you know all of that's sitting there at temp because we can only do single infusion uh, well, we can do one step, but it didn't make sense to try and do it with <laughs> this much corn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, Where are you at on the spectrum with the temperature? Like 140s? Or are you? Yeah. We, yeah. With this, we single infuse at 148. 148? Okay. Mm-hmm. And let it yeah. sit for, I think, 75 minutes oh, okay. before we underlet and Vorloff. And then we've also Vorloff for a long time, so it's got even more time. Okay. Um, and then we do a very slow louder as well. We, do, we even move slow with our beers here. And so that just increases the amount of fermentables? It breaks down unfermentables? That's that, the idea, okay. yeah, is that we're getting that conversion. I mean, we're using really how highly modified uh, Pilsner malt for the, for the quote, base malt, mm-hmm. a little bit of six row, a ton of corn. I think there's maybe 1% flaked rice in it too. So okay. yeah, like you mm. said, I think there's a whole near a whole bag of rice holes in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this bash. Contract rice. Plus holes all the brewery. popcorn. I, I'm hoping it seems like the popcorn may help with the louder too. I don't know. Mm. Oh. I mean there yeah. there's some hard corn hard, sh- yeah, shells flaked, in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Are, so uh <laughs> are there other straw is there other American strong loggers? in the world or are you the pioneer of that category no i think i mean i mean i, I think things like old english fit into that category sure you know? mm-hmm. yeah at, at at the abv i guess is what you're looking at so right any of the seven and a half to eight percent you know mass-produced lagers i guess mm-hmm. is in that kind of fit into that realm because okay. of the ingredients you know just mm-hmm. less quality ingredients i would say air popped so popcorn and not popcorn. they're using air yeah. popped popcorn heirloom air popcorn <laughs> no i was trying to tell somebody i'm like we can't call it that like yeah it's just such like the, the ingredients are are up there in quality i mean mm-hmm. so don't call it a malt liquor so don't yeah. call yeah. it a malt liquor no i agree you with know, you yeah but you, you have the chance to make the style and also make the official glassware of the style <laughs> mason jars. We yes. were, we were, th- yeah, we were thinking of of actually getting glasses made um, in the shape of an air pop. Yeah, funnel at the end, air popper. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I think uh, it, again, this is another beer that kind of takes some some talking about and some education if you're not reading into the American Strong Lair. Oh, what does that mean? Right. What else is there out there like that? Yeah. Um, what are the ingredients? Oh, you spent that much time popping popcorn to put in this beer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, 
And it does have delicacy. It does have nuance. It does have, you know. It does. What was the does. reception at, at Firestone? I know you said that uh, the brewer. Some people told us it was their favorite beer of the fest. I love but, it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> who knows? It blew. Uh, we brought a six barrel. Um, nice. I can't remember when in the day that it went, but yeah. a lot of people really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. That yeah, means Ashley, people got sent over for it. If you if it kicks like that, if people are like, oh, you got to go try it. Yeah. 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 I think, too, and I think that was the warmest day of the weekend. Yep. Yeah. And I think it just, you know, like, why not? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, hey, Jeff, thanks so much for, for having us and sharing yeah, these beers. Thank you for coming and yeah. trying. And yeah, love your beer. Always do. I'm really glad I got to see this. So I agree with your friends that you're crazy for this building, <laughs> but I also love it. Like thanks. so many different spaces that are different from the other space that you can do things with. I yeah. think you made the right decision. Time will tell, but it's been 10 years, right? So come on. <laughs> Time has told. Time has told. Um, I'm glad that you came out the other side of COVID and are still yes. obviously thanks. navigating that. But um, you. yeah, you deserve the best, man. The beer's good and, and, uh, and I just thanks. appreciate you. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, likewise. Uh, yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for championing all of the traditional styles and keeping such yeah. a diverse menu. Sure. To force I, them down everybody's throats to I, remind them. I, it's you know I think there's there's it's still there you know the people mm-hmm. are, are still interest, interested in it. I think most of them are brewers, but uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and Beardy and 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 when JP's a co-host, they're mm-hmm. get off my lawn guys too. Some in mm-hmm. some ways. So yeah. when we when we go to places like this and see uh, the classic styles, I can tell the difference in demeanor. <laughs> you know, you're right. So. I start to crack a smile. Uh, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, next up for us, Beardy, uh, we're going to be at Modern Times. Um, yes. By the time you hear this show, uh, we will have already recorded that show. But the tour continues mm-hmm. on our way to the Homebrewers Conference. You can still get tickets to the Homebrewers Conference. Um unless it's over by the time I post this. Right. Um, and sorry for whatever we do at the Homebrewers Conference. Yes, apologies <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. in, in advance. advance. Yeah, yeah. we're going to park the RV in the parking lot and probably have some parking lot parties. Nice. I got yeah. a kegerator in the RV, Jeff. Mm-hmm. I like, like a three-tap. We brought it to Firestone, too. I didn't nice. see. We had we had several brewers come by. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you were hanging out in camp much. I went to the camp a couple of nights. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a little different than I remembered it when we had an rv up there but yeah 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 mm. so i've been going as long as you pretty much since like year year one almost yeah we weren't uh, we weren't quite a brewery and oh that's true right right two. <laughs> but yeah camp really used to be everyone just bringing tons of beers and bottles and firestone got so good at taking care of us that we got a little bit lazy yeah. uh, <laughs> but this year i brought kegs down we're gonna do the same for the homebrew conference until cool. security tells us to leave uh, where, we're gonna have to grab some cans from you before sure. we go where's the where's the it's back at the town and country okay. in yeah, San right. Diego, which apparently they've revamped into this super nice um, resort. I hope it's mm. not too nice because the last time we were there, they totally let me party in the parking, in the parking lot, lot in my mm. at the time piece of shit RV. Um, they preferred us out there than in the room. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping that the same thing happens because we've been stocking up on beer on the way down so that we can share it with people nice. out there. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, just loading that fridge, two fridges full mm-hmm. of. Uh, full of beer 
All right, so that's our next stop. Thanks again to our sponsors today. Uh, More beer, we appreciate you. Williams Brewing, you can go to williamsbrewing.com. 21st Amendment, who also makes an incredible Mexican lager, El Sully. You can find that. I think they just put out an El Sully with lime this year. Yeah, a little touch of lime in there. Um, So go check them out. All of our sponsors, Beersmith. You can go to beersmith.com and get your free 21-day trial of their brewing software that not just home brewers use. Uh, Shoot, it feels like half the time I interview a pro brewers, they're still using Beersmith as their their software. Uh, So thanks to all of our sponsors and and our guests along the tour. Looking forward to uh, speaking with Garrett from... um, He's now Kraft Ohana because he's building an empire. We're going to have to talk about that. You've seen this, Jeff, right? Garrett is slowly... I've had conversations with Garrett, yeah. I I would say not even slowly building an empire. (laughs) I mean... It's almost done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He promised me a tell-all interview about, like, the modern times uh, purchase and and all of that. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's also going to be a live listener party. So that'll be a good time. All right, folks. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us on the Justin and the Beard Show. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> Our summer tour. And uh, we'll see you next time. Take care of yourselves and your beer. Bye-bye. The Session is a production of The Brewing Network and brought to you by More Beer. Check them out at morebeer.com. Find more content and live video of this show on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brewingnetwork. For sponsorship opportunities and information, please reach out to advertising at thebrewingnetwork.com. To reach our hosts, contact feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com.